Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to uh, today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you being with us as always. Uh, so from wherever you are watching or listening, we're glad that you're with us and we're super glad to be a part of this Bible study in 1 John. 1 John is just one of those books that you can read, uh, you can reread, and you will never mine all of the resources of the book of 1 John. Uh, John is writing toward the end of his life. Here's a man that's lived his entire life for the Lord. Probably seven decades of Christian experience are under uh, John's belt. And now he just effusively uh, pours out his love for uh, the Lord, his desire for the people that are under his influence to know the God that he knows, to love the God that he loves, and to experience him. And that's really the heartbeat of First John. And then add to that the fact that this is Holy Scripture. This is the Holy Spirit of God using John to write to you and me about our own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And yesterday, Josh, we learned a bit about the fact that, that Jesus is, I should say last episode, we learned that Jesus is our advocate. Yeah. He's our advocate. And one thing I think we failed to talk about was the fact that as our advocate, you know, he is there at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. He is there at every juncture in our life when we've sinned, when we've stepped off the road, when we've backslidden. Yeah. Uh, he is there forgiving and loving and helping and giving grace. Yeah, yeah. I think that there are a lot of times two moments in life where we forget that Jesus is there, and that is when we sin and we feel like we failed him and maybe God is mad at us, which is uh, a misnomer, but then also when things are going really well, when mm-hmm. we feel like we don't need God because I've got everything under control and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cruising along and everything's going well. But he's always there. He's always there, no matter the that, circumstances. That's a really good thought. You know, it reminds me of the verse in Proverbs where the writer of Proverbs said, you know, don't, don't, give me bread sufficient for me. Yeah. G- give me what I need. Because yeah, when, yeah. when I don't have what I need, I tend to, to question you. Right. And then when I have too much, I, t- I tend to forsake you. When I have too much, I tend to forget you. Yes. So yeah. give me that just right what I, what I need. Yeah. 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 That's, That's good. good. And Jesus is ju- just what we need. Yeah. Right. So right. chapter two and verse two is uh, a wonderful verse uh, where continuing to talk about the Lord Jesus, it says, He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. So in chapter 2 and verse 1, he is our advocate. In chapter 2 and verse 2, uh, he is our propitiation. So the word propitiation, halasmas, the word propitiation means he is our mercy seat. Uh, we would say he is the atonement for our sins. He is our propitiation. The word propitiation, <laughs> it's not an easy I'm word to say. I'm going to say it five times really fast. <laughs> the word propitiation uh, means that Jesus satisfies the righteous demands of God yeah. uh, on my behalf. So Jesus satisfies the wrath of God, the demand of God that sin must be punished. Mm-hmm. 
So I can't satisfy that. I, I can't offer myself as an atonement because I'm a sinner. Uh, the only way for me to satisfy the righteous demands of God is for my sin to be punished, for me to pay for my sin eternally. And so when Jesus became my atonement, when he died in my place, he satisfied the righteous demands of God on my behalf. Yeah, that truly is an amazing thought. When you know, you think about the fact that one of the things that we must do in order to be saved is to recognize that we can't satisfy that, that we are sinners, that we are uh, in, in danger of eternal judgment if we don't recognize that Jesus Christ is that propitiation for our sins and come to that understanding that God, I, I can't do anything to save myself. As I, it says in Isaiah, all my righteousness is as filthy rags. I cannot do anything to satisfy that wrath, but it's been satisfied for me. It's been paid for. And, and, and every Jewish every Jewish reader of this would have a special understanding mm -hmm. because, uh, and you know this, in, in the Jewish culture, in the Old Testament, uh, sins were not cleansed in the sense, the cleansing of sin only was accomplished by Jesus. Only Jesus can deal with sin and sin's residue, which is guilt. Only Jesus can do that. The writer of Hebrews was careful to point that out. But in the Old Testament, people were saved by grace through faith as they looked toward the coming Messiah, the one typified by the sacrificial lamb. And specifically, Josh, the lamb that was offered on Yom Kippur, the day, the day of atonement. Right. That's, that's our topic. And on that day, the high priest mm -hmm. would take the spotless lamb, the blood of the, well, would, cruci would crucify, would sacrifice the, the, spot, the, the lamb, would take that blood and would sprinkle that blood upon the mercy seat mm -hmm. and the holy of holies. And God's acceptance of the innocent sacrifice of the spotless lamb would assure the covering of those sins right. for another year. Yeah. So this was of prime importance and consideration for the people of God because God's wrath stood in the balance here. If God does not accept this covering, if he doesn't accept this, then then we're doomed. Yeah. yeah. So they understood that, but then to think that they're that Jesus Christ died once for all. Yeah. And that the sacrifice is no longer required. And that Jesus Christ is that Lamb of yeah. God. Christ is our Passover. First Corinthians chapter yeah. seven. Yeah. He is that atonement. That's what. That's what right. it's teaching here right. in First John two too. Yeah, and I think that's such an important teaching and such an important point to make back to that the, the day of atonement for the Jewish people, because the understanding here would, would be obvious. And you know, not that the, the sins for the nation were were atoned uh, based on that sacrifice, but people still had to individually trust that one day there would be a Messiah. Just as today, people still have to individually make their decision. It's not just enough that Jesus died. It is enough that he died for the sins of the world. But now I, as an individual, have to place my faith and trust in that sacrifice. And to me, that is such an important mm -hmm. point. So think about for the nation of Israel. Okay, So there was a corporate covering. 
Yeah, on the Day of Atonement, when the lamb was, was sacrificed and the blood was sprinkled, there was a corporate covering. So in a sense, the nation was preserved in this process. You know, God's mercy was evidenced. Okay, but people, individual people, still could choose to not employ faith uh, and die in their sins in that sense. And the reason why that's important is because of what the Bible says in 1 John 2, 2. So the Bible says, he, Christ, he is the propitiation for our sins. So our here refers to John Mm -hmm. and to the believers to whom he's writing. So John is writing to believers. So as believers, Jesus is the propitiation to God for our sins. That's a wonderful truth. But then the distinction is made. Did you see that in verse 2? But not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So I guess the question then becomes, how is Jesus the satisfaction to, to God for God's righteous demands upon sin? How is Jesus the satisfaction to God for our sins, mm-hmm. believers, but also for the sins of the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's an important question. And I, I think one of the reasons that John includes that in this statement here is because he wants other people that read this eventually that aren't saved to understand that this isn't just something that Jesus just did for the apostles and for himself and for the audience to whom this book was written, but this is something that Jesus did for everyone. And how is it, uh, how is his death sufficient for the entire world? Well, his death is sufficient for the entire world because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so this is an individual decision that every person must come to as they receive the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit convicts them of their sin and they realize, I need to be saved. Some would try to, I I believe, eisegetically Mm -hmm. read their their theology into this verse to say, well, no, Jesus didn't die for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, he only died for the people whom he would save. So therefore this cannot, world cannot mean world. Right. right. We've we've got to qualify that. So world must mean the world of, of the elect. Yeah. Yeah. That, that must mean that because that doesn't fit our theology. Right. And that's the danger. Yes. The danger is when you start with your theology and, and then use that as a lens by which you look at Scripture, then you take simple statements of Scripture. Yes. Like, this is not hard to understand, right, right. And, but you have to make it mean something else. Yeah. And you quoted John 3.16, yeah. which to me is one of the most famous verses in all the Bible. Remember, Absolutely. Yeah. Remember the guy, are you old enough to remember the guy with the, with the rainbow hair? At all the sporting events in the 1970s that held up the John 3. No, You're not, such sorry, a baby. That, that's before my time. Okay. <laughs> How many of you remember that? Okay. You, you remember in the 1970s, you watched these sporting activities, and you always had that guy at the Super Bowl, at the, the World Series, all the major sporting events, he'd hold up the John 3.16 sign. And he had the multicolored Afro hair. I'm not crazy, am I? That that actually happened. Okay. Check, check that out. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I could probably find it on YouTube or something. You can find sure. it on yeah. YouTube. So, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But those that try to look at that verse through their theology say, well, no, that can't mean that. What that meant was God so loved the world of the elect. Yeah. That whosoever of the elect believe. 
and that's not what the Bible teaches. Okay, so there is no contradiction here. When the Bible says that he is the perpetuation for our sins, that that, that means exactly what it says, that he satisfied God, the righteous demands of God for our sins. But, But potentially... He is the satisfaction for the sins of, of the... He already has satisfied the righteous demands of God for everybody, but it only becomes efficient in the life of an individual as he, by faith, puts his faith and trust in Jesus yes. Christ. Yeah. So we say it this way. The, the death of Christ is sufficient for all, but only efficient for those that, right. that call upon him. Right. So there's potential, there's provision for salvation for everybody, but, but there's only essential salvation for those that put their faith and trust yeah. in Him. Yeah, the, you said it. The provision has been made. The potential exists. And now I have a personal responsibility to take advantage of the gift that has been freely offered to me. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the clear teaching of Scripture. Yeah, yeah. That the scope of the atonement is not limited. Yeah, and anytime we take our whether it's theological preconceived ideas or just social preconceived ideas and begin to use those as the lens through which we interpret Scripture, we're always in danger, always in danger of interpreting Scripture incorrectly mm. and messing up all of our theology. Yeah, so we've got to be very careful about that. Uh, absolutely. And we all do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm not here to say, well, I've got a handle on all Scripture. And no, I understand that. And right. I, have good, I have good friends that would disagree yeah, with me. Absolutely. Uh, but I want to be I want to be faithful to 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 the text. And I think that to be faithful to the text is, you know, a hermeneutic principle is this. When the literal sense makes sense, seek no other sense. And this is a, a clearly stated principle in God's word. And I don't know how we can wiggle around it. First John chapter two, let me get back to my spot here. I'll look at verse uh, number three. But the Bible says, and hereby we do know that we know him. I love how it says that. Hereby we do know that we know him under what condition? Well, the Bible tells us in verse 3, if we keep his commandments. So uh, I guess question number one to you, Josh, is do we need to keep the commandments in order to be saved? No. Right. (laughs) So... What is the Bible not saying here? The Bible's not saying that, okay, you're really saved if you keep the commandments. What the Bible is saying is that keeping God's commandments, and we're going to have to come back to this because we're out of time, but keeping God's commandments in our life, as we see evidence of obedience in our life, that is a good indication that we have truly trusted Christ. And we're going to come back and unpack that next episode. So uh, thanks for bearing with us. I know that we're going at a slower pace, uh, but I hope this is helpful. I hope that this is sparking interest in your own life, maybe to do some of your own study. Uh, But insofar that we are encouraging you through the Word of God, we appreciate you, you joining us day by day. So have a great day today in the Lord. We look forward to seeing you next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.